This is Cinema Degeneration. What's this all about? Well, you're the sole heir. Serenity Farm? Man, Serenity. Well, welcome to the third episode of Simply Short Sundays, a newish show here in Cinema Degeneration. We're only on an episode three. Uh, I am your host for the afternoon. I am a producer, writer, director, sometimes actor. My name is Cameron Scott, and I will be your host for the afternoon. Uh, here on Simply Short Sundays, we will be taking uh, short dives, normally 15 minutes or so, into you know a multitude of film genres. Uh, normally, will include uh, cult films, horror, sci-fi, crime stories, thrillers, chillers. Really, nothing is off limits. Uh, we will take on a lesser-known film from our extensive watch lists and give you our unique takes on these oddities. Speaking of oddities, uh, let's get into our oddity of the day. I'm going to be talking about Three Tunnels to Hell from 2014. And when I call this an oddity, I'm not using that term lightly. Uh, I originally saw the trailer for this flick on Tubi and was intrigued because, you know, zombies. Or it at least appeared to be zombie-related, uh, that and the fact that I had an actor by the name of Richard Gabay in it that I'm a huge fan of as a comedic work in the 90s. He acted and wrote, directed, produced such titles as uh, Virgin High, Salt of the Party Nerds 1 and 2, he was in Nightmare Sisters, Blood Nasty, the list goes on and on. So, you know, zombies in this, this combination, I was all in. Uh, then I decided to dig 
on the web and uh, to find out a little bit more about it. And that's when I kept finding links and information on a title called Serenity Farms. Not Three Tunnels to Hell, but Serenity Farms. Most of the promotional work, hell, even the title alone, such as it is on IMDb, is listed as Serenity Farms. So somewhere along the line, I imagine there was a tonal shift and it became Three Tunnels to Hell, which I must admit is a catcher uh, title, but it has a lot less to do with the actual movie itself. You can rent this movie th uh, for about as low as $2.99. It streams free on Tubi. You can buy it on DVD between 3 to $10 used. So it's pretty readily available and, you know, affordable, not too hard on the pocketbook. With that out of the way... Let's get into some uh, details about the movie itself. I'll start off with the IMDb synopsis first. Alright, Three Tunnels to Hell, a.k.a. Serenity Farm, is as follows. Undisturbed for 20 years, this remote forested land in the Pacific Northwest is visited by a group of campers on horseback. The, tramp cran <laughs> the camp tranquility is broken by violence and terror. And that is awfully vague, but this movie is awfully vague itself. It's not too heavy on plot, nor is it too heavy on uh, what really uh, anything except for general badness. The movie starts off with some creepy footage, you know, in some dark tunnels with some heavily blown out audio. It is really blown out, folks. <laughs> and then we get on to our further subplots as our main character, Jack, uh, played by Goodbye. Uh, who has he has some uh, relationship troubles because, you know, living in Venice Beach is such a drag, right? He's a sort of aimless type of character, but he's really likable nonetheless. Uh, you know, and after a real meaningless breakup, it's really meaningless. It's 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 th as throwaway as the girlfriend character is. It's like, it's over. And we find out that Jack is the sole heir to his uncle Victor Burroughs' estate, and why does that matter? Well, we'll find out eventually, sort of, yeah, but not really. And first off, really, in these sorts of movies, it doesn't need to be said, but we'll say it here. Uh, don't trust anybody. Do not trust a single soul in this movie, especially the lawyer. Uh, in fact, it's better just not trust anyone in this movie, for a matter of fact. It's just, just good logic, but, you know, these movies aren't built on logic. You know, my first real uh, in initial issue with this production, other than some bad audio and, and gaping plot holes, the, the overall uninspired acting, lazy directing, the, my main problem is the dialogue. It is so forced, and it's just exceptionally mundane. <laughs> and when it isn't the dialogue or the writing or the directing or like really any of it, it's the lack of creatures and effects. It was essentially supposed to be what I thought was a creature feature film. And, you know, the, the trailers really lead you to believe that. So, you know, you know, bad editing on the trailers, whoever edited the trailers or was doing a good old bait and switch. Finally, about 15 minutes in, we get our second kill of the movie, albeit off-screen, much like the first one. Uh, the kills are done in such a way that they might as well like not even happen at all. Most of the action is off-screen. Cheap shots that they show very little. Really poorly choreographed gore mingled with some really, like, I'm talking bottom-of-the-barrel CGI blood splatter. This was 2014. It should have been, you know, blood splatter it was... Uh, commonplace with cgi at this point it should have been better it shouldn't have been hearkening back to the world the 1999 cgi blood splatter 
but but we followed Jack in his visit to this you know little island retreat that was dumped in his lap, and it's called Serenity Farms. Hmm. It's a horse riding cramp ground and grounds for a weed farm that is was once a military compound. Did you catch all that? Yes, a horse back riding campground and current ground for a weed farm that was once a military compound. Hmm. I got all that? Good. Uh, we meet the campground counselors where each one is just as unlikable and forgettable as the next. I was not really impressed with a single one of these actors or characters. I realized a third of the way through that I'm not remember half of these fuckers' names because I was just that checked out. Um, it, it took several attempts to get through this movie. You know, except for, uh, I, I will say, except for the additional character Arnie, uh, because he was such a racist, sexist, douchebag asshole that I couldn't, like, wait for him to die soon enough. I was, was like, ah, okay, here's a character I love to hate. But, you know, uh, he, which, you know, it does happen in a sort of, you know, again, off-screen kind of way. See, things kind of don't that is essentially uh, very unsatisfying. Uh, speaking of unsatisfying, uh, the way the creature footage is handled is so sloppy with a lot, and I do mean a lot, of sound effects, choppy editing, questionable consistency that is never, it never feels really threatening or coherent for that matter. I mean, I understand that the idea behind the phrase less is more, but it's not until the last real 20 minutes of this movie that we know or see our character, what our, uh, uh, our characters are up against. So... It's sports camp day, and, and Jack only has so much time to show what he has. He's got to prove himself that he's got what it takes to run the camp before he loses the land to the greedy lawyer. Uh, it's all really so convoluted, but by this point, I'll bet you'll be as disappointed as I was. Uh, we get uh, more and more predator kind of point of view shots and bonkers off-screen sound effects. And there's this kill where a random uh, rider, you know, is riding on a horseback, gets killed again off screen, and right, and then we transition into that night's campfire, and it's, hey, great first day for everybody, nobody got hurt. Like, really? Uh, one of your camp counselors is missing and dead and splattered all against a, a horse in a tree? Okay, nobody got hurt. All right, gotcha. So when one of our characters starts vomiting blood from an off screen attack that you know, that's by one of the creatures. Why, oh why, do people always ignore the bloody vomit? This lady is just vomiting blood all over the place, and they're just like, oh, well, yeah, it's uh, just a prank. Yeah, that's a, the phrase one of these characters uses. It's just a, a bloody prank. Okay, yeah, yeah, I, I, I guess. <laughs> so then, of course, we get really unrealistic and awkward movie fucking i find this kind of thing utterly hilarious and you know just awkward and uncomfortable movie fucking uh it's followed by couples breaking up right afterwards talking to their horse in a weird and awkward bumbling sort of way like the i i i i, I, I was checked out again at this point but i kept rewinding little bits and pieces of this because it was so awkward and so weird you know, it, it did it did hold my interest in that respect, and then you know I thought at one point they had or at least were shutting down the camp. They were like 
you know, taking all these, uh, they're heeding their warnings, but it still looked, you know, mighty open to me, you know, gates wide open, people coming and going back and forth. So I don't know what was happening there. What I do know is that the lawyer's an asshole <laughs> and he couldn't met his, met his end any sooner than it did. Again, you know, it's almost all off screen with sound effects and bad CGI blood that we, when we do see it. And I, guess my next question uh, or at least my next thought is is why is there so much predator oh i'm sorry i meant creature vision yeah not predator vision because you know this you know is a movie that took place 30 years after the fact when predator came out but it's just like why is there so much creature vision accompanied by these weird clicking noises that apparently is meant to be creature sounds but sound it's more like somebody shuffling a deck deck of wet playing cards it's just a weird and very unscary combination it's just doesn't doesn't work it just doesn't work at all our counselors uh, then split up and go on a manhunt which you know, they finally one by one find this abandoned military compound thus the tunnels to hell the underground tunneling system where the creatures dwell. Uh, and it's partnered with even more sound effects and POV shots that mean little to us viewers with no on-screen zombies or creatures to speak of what, you know, so ever. Now, I know what you're saying, or at least think I know. I think I know what you're uh, thinking out there. There's got to be a plot, right? There's got to be a story or, or here somewhere, right? Well, I mean, you would think so, but you'd be wrong. <laughs> what we do get is some mess about unsanctioned military experiments, uh, a jumbled jargon about spreading viruses and Jack's family all mixed up in the middle of things yeah, with a big uh, exposition dump with a doctor character. And it's just followed by more bad audio. And so bad, in fact, that during one scene, you never actually see an actor's mouth move. This entire scene, a dialogue, the actor's mouths are just shot back and forth in reaction shots. Well, it's really bad. So it's clearly ADR'd. It's all over the shoulder shots with just the person listening. So clear ADR and done badly for that matter. But, you know, I mean, they had to make do with what they had. Maybe they, their source material, you know, was uh, plagued with bad audio. That is uh, the bane of most uh, independent filmmakers' existence is bad audio. But uh, our main character, Jack, he's on the run now because when you show up at the sheriff's office screaming bloody murder with a severed disease foot in your you know, in a bag, you just dropped on the counter like so much fast food takeout, and then promptly decided to run. You know, the police, yeah, do not take that sort of thing lightly. Uh, you know, the people in movies make such dumb decisions sometimes, but I guess there's truth to be told in the idea if the characters in movies made smart decisions, uh, then the movies would be very, very short. So, you know, gotta take that into effect. And then there was the much wasted time. The second half of our group makes it to the tunnels. And what do they do from here? You guessed it. Split out, you know, even further. Like, you go here, I go there. Let's split up. They're like, ah. Because instead of finding your friends, there's more, you know, random fucking going on to be had and some random joint smoking to be done, which, you know, hey, I'm all for that. But you know, it seems uh, ill-timed. But why... Is it that these people see a place that is glued together with rust, dirt, rat slime, and glued together with hepatitis, and their first instinct is to lay, hey, let's fuck on that dirty old floor for real. That, yeah, 
That, that, that seems likely. Uh, and then Jack is on the run with a reporter who is intent on getting their uh, Pulitzer Prize-winning story. And then they find the, uh, the doctor for the big exposition dump. And it's not a doctor, but the doctor with a link to Jack, Jack's uncle. And a real long, convoluted, not makes, you know, not makes uh, much uh, sense story about their experiments that led to the virus discovery and how it came to the island. And there's something about a mission in the Congo jungles and a cons of virus connection and Ebola and a link back to our disfigured doctor and Jack's uncle. Hey, it might be pointless, but we do get our first clear shot of a creature at 57 minutes in. So 57 minutes in, we get one. Hooray! Victor, uh, Jack's uncle, brought us the virus uh, back to the island and spread it to the inhabitants when looking for a cure or something. Uh, really, a kind of truly questionable choice for sure, considering his family was on this island. The creatures roaming the tunnel are, in fact, Jack's uh, distant family locked away sick without food, it turns out. So, a taste for human flesh was inevitable at this point, when you got nothing to feed on but each other. And speaking of questionable choices, while making a break for it, why not just send the guy with the gun out first? Why does he go in last? Again, the characters are mostly idiots, and uh, they all die idiots, for that matter. And with an over-the-top ending in which the, the lead creature kills itself, you know, commits suicide, it feels like a tacked-on second ending that's really not necessary. And, you know, while we're at it, another unnecessary addition to this overall blah production is the behind, uh, is a, is a behind-the-scenes vignette played over the end credits. Now, nobody asked for this. <laughs> nobody wants it, I can assure you. Uh, I, I'm usually the type that loves behind-the-scenes junkets uh, and material for that kind of thing. I will watch all day long, all day, every day, but not here. And the post credit scene, and, you know, I will say this, without ruining this part of it, the post credit scene is the best part of the movie the best part of the entire movie and i'll leave it at that folks so if you check out in this movie you know about 15 minutes in like i did uh you can always just fast forward to the end and watch the last 25 seconds and you know you're, you're, you'll see the best part of it you'll see the best these people have to offer now uh usually i do at least one if not one, more uh what the fuck moments so we got a, uh, we do have a cinema degeneration, what the fuck moment in this, but I'm really scrambling to find one uh, worthy of mention here. Uh, you know, maybe really in the end is the overall gall of the production and the, the producers and directors to hire a great comedic actor like Richard Gabay and not utilize him as such. He's not given a shredded opportunity here to use his abilities uh, at, at all, and it's a real shame. So yeah, that's my what the fuck moment. Now, <laughs> folks, if you know me uh, even a teensy, teeny, tiny little bit, you know I am a zombie fiend through and through. But I, like, really feel this movie misses each and every mark of the genre. There's nothing of interest here. I usually don't like to come on here and just knock a movie down a couple of pegs and poop all over it. So I'm just going to bring this one to a close. I I'm... I'm fighting here folks but it's on the low 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 end of the spectrum uh i'm giving this a two out of ten that's a two on a scale from one to ten uh it's amateur hour production 
made amateurish on every level. The only redeeming uh, aspect here is uh, Richard Gabay, is he but he deserves better, much, much better than this. Uh, anyway, folks, uh, you know, that, that sums up uh, things for our next uh, Symphony Short Sunday episode. And, uh, well, anyway, folks, I'll, I'll quit quit knocking this movie down and down and down because that about sums things up. And for our next Simply Short episode, I'll try and make a, better choices. <laughs> you know, sometimes, yeah, some of them are just stinkers. Uh, but, again, I do want to thank you for uh, tuning in to this newest episode of Simply Short Sundays. It's still sort of a new adventure and I'm fine-tuning things so I look forward to bringing you more of these quickie reviews with uh, possibly some guest reviewers in the near future so please keep listening keep tuning in keep liking click subscribe on our Podbean account please drop a comment to us or a rating hopefully a five-star rating and let us know what you'd like to hear our take on next uh, if we get any requests we will li likely do them Signing off for uh, Sinfully Short Sundays, I have been your host, Cameron Scott, and, and I have been reviewing and dissecting Three Tunnels to Hell, a.k.a. Serenity Farms from 2014. Thanks for listening, folks.